All told, 2020 was actually a pretty great year for real estate. While agents tried to navigate seeing and showing homes during a global pandemic, limited inventory and low interest rates pushed prices to record levels in markets across the country. But even though business was good, it's hard not to wish things would just go back to normal. I don't need to tell you that 2020 was an odd year. For those of us who lived through it, we'll likely be talking about it for decades to come. And while many of the things that made it so unpleasant have persisted into 2021, there is plenty of hope that better days lie ahead. Welcome to Shop Talk, the real estate show. I'm John Forche, and on this episode, we take a look at how government policies can affect real estate. But I promise we won't go down the political rabbit hole. And we look at some ways that you can use this new year to de-stress and relax for the good of your business. Okay, so uh, 2021, obviously, a lot of stuff has been happening in politics. We don't want to get into any of the nitty gritty there, but um, do want to talk about what government can do to affect the real estate industry. So joining me to talk about it is Jeff Herbert, the regional content and social media specialist at the CE Shop. Hey, Jeff, thanks for joining me. Hey, thanks, John, for having me back on the show. Yeah, happy to have you. Uh, So... You know, with President Biden being um, inaugurated on January 20th, what kinds of changes to the real estate industry can we expect? Yeah, um, so interesting you bring that up, John, because um, presidents and policy can actually have quite a a large impact on real estate markets, uh, as we'll find out throughout this podcast. But uh, more specifically with um, President-elect Biden, um, I know that he and uh, Democrats are really looking to push the Caring for Americans with Supplemental Help Act of 2020 or CASH, um, which you've probably heard about in the news, but that's the the act that proposes a $2,000 stimulus check for individuals, uh, $4,000 for married couples. But it's uh, super important from a real estate standpoint, um, just because uh, as it sits currently, housing costs in the United States are the highest they've ever been, with the average rent in the U.S. being currently $1,463 a month. Um, Hence, I think where they kind of get this $2,000 figure. Obviously, um, it varies from region to region, but uh, as anyone who's studied economics or has been uh, (laughs) keeping their eye on things for the past uh, couple decades or so, will tell you economies are intricate and fragile beasts. Um, So when money stops flowing through them, uh, they begin to kind of tumble and stumble and avalanche into a big economic catastrophe. So I think uh, the purpose of the stimulus check is just to keep things lubricated. Um, kind of like how you want to keep uh, oil in your engine. You don't want to run your engine without oil. Um, also, uh, unemployment numbers are nearly doubled this time than they were last year. So uh, I guess like the stimulus is just going to try and uh, help put a bandaid on things until we can get the vaccine out and try and achieve some level of normalcy. Yeah. Which hopefully is very soon. Yeah. And actually, John, I just want to add one, uh, one more point to the uh, stimulus checks too. It's, it's also important for, for consumers to 
uh, maintain their credit scores for lending in the future. So, or in the near future, rather. Um, so hopefully uh, by getting this out to Americans, uh, it can help to avoid defaulting on mortgage or uh, rent payments and uh, kind of hurting their, I guess, their consumer credit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And $2,000, uh, you know, especially if it's a couple looking at buying a house, um, 2000 each, that, that could be a nice little dent in a down payment. Yeah, definitely. With the way uh, lending is currently, um, I mean, you know, you don't really, and depending your situ- on your situation, you don't really have to put uh, as much money down as you might think. Um, yeah. I know the real estate professionals listening now will definitely second that. Um, <laughs> and two, and the, the Dow Jones is currently over 30,000 points too. So, um, you know, kind of keeping things lubricated is, uh, is definitely good for, for people like me, because when I buy a house someday, uh, a lot of my down payment is going to come from <laughs> uh, investments that I've made in the market. Mm-hmm. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, as a rational self-interested individual, I definitely want the, uh, want that value to remain. So absolutely. Um, and another, one other thing I wanted to add to another uh, change we might uh, see to uh, under the Biden administration um, is improved funding for housing and urban development. Um, I don't want to get, too deep into the minutia of HUD because it is, uh, it's an extremely complex and obfuscated organization, but, um, but nonetheless, they do grant a lot of uh, money to local municipalities for infrastructure improvements um, and other projects, which can actually uh, dramatically improve property values in the area. So yeah, a lot of things to uh, keep on the dashboard for 2021. Absolutely. All right. Well, looking historically at the past, what are some changes that past presidents have enacted upon the industry? <laughs> oh, boy. So, um, <laughs> uh, as you know, real estate uh, affects everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a part of everybody's life. So there's kind of this inherent bond between um, politics and real estate, um, at, regardless of which uh, party you kind of follow. Uh, but there have been a lot uh, in history. I mean, we could go back as far as the Louisiana Purchase, which is probably the greatest real estate deal in the history of the world, um, or the Homestead Act of 1862, which was signed by uh, President Lincoln, and that uh, granted uh, people about 160 acres, granted they, if they live on the land and improve it, um, which in total turned out to be around 270 million acres worth of um, land that was just uh, given to people from the right. from the government. Um, <laughs> now, who, who those lands were taken from? That's you know that's another dissertation uh, which we won't touch right now. Uh, but kind of I guess like speeding up things a little bit uh, in the 30s uh, through the Great Depression, you had a lot of progress made. That's when uh, Franklin Roosevelt formed the Federal Housing Administration. So um, you, we definitely hear a lot about that today with uh, FHA loans and stuff like that. Um, so that was major in helping, helping give banks the confidence to, to lend and kind of keep that all important money flowing through the economy. Of course, we can't just fly over the Fair Housing Act, uh, 1968, uh, obviously signed by Lyndon B. Johnson, President Lyndon B. Johnson, um, which prohibited the discrimination uh, in advertising, lending, or renting based on a person's race, color, religion, or national origin, um, real estate, if 
if if you want to do some more research on your own, uh, you'll find is uh, inherently valuable into helping people kind of uh, rise out of poverty um, and kind of fight some of the inequalities that that we experienced and still experience today. So, um, so yeah, that was that was definitely more recent, probably uh, in the memories of a lot of a lot of our listeners. Um, of course, there's big governmental sponsored enterprises like Freddie Mae and Fannie Mac, uh, which were part of the Nixon era, which we you know <laughs> those those were fairly relevant in 2008. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's just that's just to name a few. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you could you could probably do a whole uh, a doctorate on the the relationship between politics and real estate. Yeah. And, and something to point out, too, is, you know, real estate agents have existed for a long time. And even through all these changes, real estate continues. You know, uh, NAR, I think, was formed in 1912, 1910, somewhere around there. Oh, that's amazing. Obviously, agents have made it through uh, all of these previous changes. So whatever comes, it's going to be OK. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, that's a great way to think of it. (laughs) So, Jeff, do you anticipate any changes in the markets due to the ongoing pandemic in the next few months? Uh, You know, from from everything I'm I'm seeing and reading, uh, I'm not seeing an immediate, um, like, outstanding change. Only that uh, I think that it's it's going to get even better. Um, We're going to see continued uh, demand for suburban homes, uh, people wanting to spread out, uh, Sunbelt states. For people who just got new work remote positions and they don't want to live, you know, in Buffalo, New York, they'd rather live in, you know, Hollywood, Florida or something like that. Um, so, yeah, I think we're I think we're just going to um, kind of see the the same same trends. Rent might rent prices might drop a little bit um, in dense urban areas as people kind of spread out or, um, you know, obviously, the, if, if the stimulus doesn't doesn't pass or doesn't get out to Americans quick enough. And uh, in the case where, you know, the $2,000 is not uh, enough to, to keep people afloat, we could see um, some, some rents come down. We're already seeing that a little bit. Um, but overall, though, um, 2021 is going to be a fantastic year uh, for real estate markets nationwide. Excellent. That is mm-hmm. great to hear. <laughs> so can we expect interest rates to change at all in the next few months? Yeah, so um, it, I I personally don't think so. Um, like I said, economies are intricate and fickle beasts. It would be reckless for, I guess, banks to raise interest rates. Um, if we do see that, um, it, it'll probably be more towards the end of the year, if not next year. Uh, I know Dr. Fauci is anticipating that uh, if all goes well, we roll out the vaccine. Um, by Q3 of this year, we can kind of reach uh, some level of normalcy. Uh, which would be fantastic for for everyone. But yeah, then after that, we might start to see things trickle up a little bit as far as interest rates go and unemployment kind of drops. But until then, it's uh, interest rates are going to be low. Demand is going to be high. Um, All the markets I'm looking at nationwide are probably going to err on the side of seller's markets. Um, But then again, that doesn't mean it's not a good time to buy. It just means that... um, yeah, it's going to be a great time to be a real estate professional. So, Excellent. All right. Well, thank you, Jeff. Thank you, John. After the break, we'll break down some proven methods for unwinding, de-stressing, and recharging. New year, new you. 
You've heard it a million times, but have you ever lived it? If you're considering changing careers into real estate, might I just say that January is a perfect time to do it. The CE Shop's online courses can teach you what you need to know so that when spring rolls around, you're ready to start wheeling and dealing and creating your dream career. Use promo code SHOPTALK for 25% off the most convenient real estate education there is. Okay, so we just talked politics and what to expect in the next year, pretty much, with Jeff. Uh, now we're going to distance ourselves from all of that and go with the opposite side of things, de-stressing for the new year. Uh, joining me to talk about this is Zach Levine, content specialist at the CE Shop. Hey, Zach, thanks for joining me. Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming back. So what are some impacts that stress can have on your body? When it comes to the body itself, it's like the obvious indicators, headaches, fatigues, change in sex drive, sleep problems, um, with long-term issues being cardiovascular disease, depression, obesity. Um, however, it's not the body that is so much concerned as the influence it could have on your actions as an agent. Um, you have to always be energized thinking on your feet when you're in the industry. And when you add stress to the equation, you're more likely to have angry outbursts or resort to coping mechanisms like overeating or alcohol abuse. The list of effects on the body and behaviors is vast, but it all leads to one thing. You're not performing as well in the job and in other aspects of your life. Yeah, that would be really bad for your business. Um, how do you know that you're stressed? Um, how you're feeling and your overall behavior are clear indicators of stress. Uh, if you find yourself short-tempered or an increased tension in your back and traps, you're probably feeling the effects. That being said, it depends on you as a person. Most people would agree that though they know when their stress is taking hold of them, they, they know it. They know when it's coming. Um, sometimes it, it's a little bit delayed, but for the most part, you know it's happening. Yeah. Yeah. And stress can do weird things to your body. I mean, you, you outlined a lot of them, but I, I've seen all kinds of articles about like, is this happening to you? You know, like some unexplainable vision problem. Maybe it's stress. Some, some weird breathing thing. Maybe it's stress. Well, it's like a web, you're going to go down a web MD oh, uh, yeah. rabbit hole. And then you're going to think you have some sort of like brain, you know, <laughs> you're yeah. touring your brain suddenly. Exactly. Like, don't do that. <laughs> well, and, and with the pandemic still ongoing, uh, you know, stresses of, uh, I mean, how many, how many times a month do you think maybe I've actually got COVID now? Like it's, it's constant with uh, stress and anxiety. So, so what are some ways that people can de-stress? Um, so for me, exercise is my main trick, but um, playing sports, games, socializing with friends, meditation, lounging around for eight hours, watching Netflix, um, obviously some movement thrown in there because you should not be sitting stagnant. That, that will make it worse. Uh, but these are great ways to find your equilibrium. And, you know, at the end of the day, I, I find the constant of all these to be is getting your mind elsewhere, you know, being able to break away from what the norm is of what your daily life, daily routine, and be able to just be yourself, be, I don't want to say Zen, but you know, you're in that de-stress state where nothing else is bothering you. And you're thinking of the task at hand, not the task that's happening at the office. You need to always be bringing your A game as an agent, but if you're stressed, that might be limited. Yeah. And if you're super stressed, I mean, your clients are going to pick up on it. They're going to see, you know, does this agent really know what they're doing? They seem frazzled. It's, it's not a good look. Young professional comes through. That's what yep. happens. Uh, so a lot of agents, you know, the entrepreneurial mindset, uh, there, there's this motto, I'll sleep when I'm dead. You know, who needs to sleep when I could be out making more money? Why is that a bad motto? Uh, because you'll be dead sooner than you think. Uh, 
you need to space out time to relax and do other things other than servicing clients. Otherwise, what's the point of all of this? Um, it's good to be a hard worker, but it's also effective to take breaks and, dare I say, days off to enjoy life. Giving yourself that pause will lead to you being more productive and actually be better at your job. It's good to take a nice break. Um, and I've noticed that even with, you know, what I do and as a writer, I, I, you know, when I took a week off a few weeks ago, it was amazing when I came back and like looking at my, my work ethic and determination coming back in, how easy it was to flow back into it. I, I just having that time off is really good for your brain and your oh, body. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, for someone who feels like they have to be doing something all the time and want to network even while they relax, what are some methods? Um, you combine the two activities, uh, which we dis- I discuss in my soon-to-be Pulitzer Prize-winning ebook, De-Stress While Building Your Marketing Strategy, which everyone could check out on our Agent Essentials page. Um, so it's about embracing yourself uh, and distressing activities while creating content or a conduit for engagement that reaches out to followers, leads, and clients. So what does this all mean? So a good example would be, I love playing chess. Um, it's my favorite game. It's become very popular because of the Queen's Gambit show. Mm-hmm. So what you do is you'd create a chess club um, and you post about it on social and you try to get your clients involved. You could put it on your business card, your chess username. It's about taking those activities and bringing it into your business life so you can combine the two and actually create engagement and create business while, believe it or not, de-stressing. Yeah, we, we talked uh, two episodes ago on the podcast about social media and being yourself. And I think this is a big part of it, you know, bringing your, your personality into your sort of business persona. I'm, I'm always a big fan of, you know, and agents in some ways are salesmen and, you know, you have to be passionate about what you're doing and, and people can see through that passion, that fakeness when it's not there. So when you do something that is yourself, it's very easy to be passionate. It's not even, not just easy, it's natural. Um, and that's what makes it so effective. Awesome. All right, Zach. Well, thanks. Thanks for coming on. Have me. That's it for this episode. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the chat, you can subscribe to us and review us on Apple Podcasts. Shop Talk is a production of the CE Shop. 